Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us hear the word of God as we find it written back in the Old Testament in the book of Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter, beginning at the fourth verse. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells dig which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware, lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God, and serve him, and shall swear by his name. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Good morning, dear friends in Christ Jesus. It is nice to have you here in God's house this morning. And you, friends, who are worshiping with us by means of the radio, it is nice to have you also in our audience. As you and I know, this is the Sunday before Memorial Day. Tuesday, May the 30th, set aside in our country so that you and I may give honor and show reverence and respect and gratitude for our soldier dead, those in all the departments of our armed services who fought and who died for this land that you and I love. And on this Sunday, the text that I just read is very appropriate for this occasion. Moses is writing, and he and the children of Israel are encamped in the plains of Moab. They have finished the 40 years wandering in the wilderness after having come out of Egypt, and it's just about two weeks before the children of Israel are ready to cross the River Jordan and to go into the Promised Land and to establish themselves as a nation. And here is Moses writing to them, telling them, giving them advice as regards what they are to do when they get into that Promised Land and when they establish themselves as a nation. And this is what he says in our text. He says, Hear, O Israel, remember, Israel, will you write this on your heart, Israel? Will you heed this? Will you not forget this? Please remember, hear it, O Israel, and remember it forever. The Lord our God is one Lord. You may say, what did he mean? This is what he meant. He said, when you get in and you establish yourself as a nation, will you, Israel, remember this fact? 
that the Lord your God is going to be the Lord of your nation, that he is going to be the one and the only Lord of that nation, that he will be the one to have the final word as to whether that nation that you establish shall live or whether it shall die, that he is going to be the one, the Lord alone, who is going to decide whether that nation that you establish shall continue to live or whether it shall cease to exist. Will you, Israel, write that on your heart? And today on this Sunday before Memorial Day, Moses, through the Word of God, speaks to you and me as Americans and as Christians, and he says, Hear, O Israel, hear, America. Will you remember this, America? Will you write this on your heart, America? Will you not forget this, that the Lord your God is the Lord of your nation, that he is the one who has the last word as to whether your nation lives or dies? Will you write that upon your heart and not forget that God is the Lord, that he holds the destiny of your nation in his hands, if he wills that your nation shall continue, it will continue. And if he wills that it shall die and it shall cease to exist, it will die and it will cease to exist. America, will you write that on your soul? You and I may say today that when the word of God says, Hear, O America, the Lord your God is the Lord of your nation. He is the one that holds in his hand the destiny the fate, the future of the nation that you love. He is the one who shall decide and will whether your nation shall live or die. And if he decides that it shall live, it will live. And if he decides this Lord God that it shall cease, it will cease. And you and I may say today, if the Lord is the God of our nation and he holds in his hand and he is the one who has the final word as regards the destiny of the land that I love. Is God big enough to do it? Does God give us evidence that he is that big a God that if he wills to save this nation as its Lord, he can. That if he wills to destroy it, that he will. Is there any evidence for us as Christians and as Americans that we can say, God is no less than the Lord of this nation. He is, therefore, the one who has the final word as to whether this nation lives or dies. Is God big enough? Is there any evidence in this world that you and I can believe that? And I am sure that there is for us as Christians. The first evidence is this, that the Lord our God has given us this evidence that he is big enough he gives us the evidence that he is the only God. Is there any other God besides the God of the Scriptures? You may have said to yourself, oh, there may be other gods, but this is the God who is the greatest God. But God says there is no other God except him. He alone is God. And you may say, well, how about the other religions? How about the Hindus that worship millions of gods? How can you and I be sure that God alone is God? As far as I am concerned, it isn't hard. God alone is God. There is only one God. 
because only one God has ever spoken to us. In all the centuries, no other God has ever spoken except the God of the Scriptures. All other gods, if there be such, are silent. And you may say, how do you know that God speaks for this reason? When you and I investigate the gods of other religions, you and I say, that isn't God speaking. That's the product of man's mind. God is no greater than the man that wrote about him. But when you and I say God speaks to us, we see a God that no man's mind has ever fathomed. Such as when Trinity Sunday came and we talked about our God being one God, and yet three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, that didn't come from the mind of man. God must have spoken. No man ever dreamed the Trinity. And this triune God has told us that he is from everlasting to everlasting. He is eternal. God says he is all-powerful. He is all-knowing and all-wise. That God is everywhere at the same time. God is holy, as we heard last Sunday. A God is a God that plays no favorites. God is a God of love. No human mind ever constructed a God that loves this must be the only true God. He's the only God that has ever spoken. And this God says he's trustworthy. You can rely on him. And when today on this Sunday before Memorial Day we are to remind ourselves that God is the Lord of the nation that you and I love, that he is the one who has the last word as to whether our nation lives or dies, believe you me, God is big enough he is God, and therefore he's bigger than the biggest. Today, as Americans and as Christians, we ought to say to ourselves, God is bigger than the biggest. He is bigger than atomic bombs and atomic energy. He is bigger than the armies and navies of the enemy. He is bigger than anything that man who is created has, because God alone is God. He is the biggest of the big. When you and I today can believe that as we give our honor and our respect to our soldier dead, those who have fought and who have died for our beloved country, then we're going to say to ourselves, because I believe as an American and as a Christian that God is the Lord of this nation, that this nation stands only by his will, and that it will live and it will die or it will continue or it will perish, all depending exclusively on him, because he is God, therefore, as Moses wrote to the children of Israel in his day, he said, you ought to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. When you and I know God is ever a time in American history when we ought to say to ourselves, since God is the one who has the complete control of the destiny of this nation that I love, therefore I must show that I believe that because in Christ I will love God. I will surrender my heart and my soul to him. Jesus quoted those words, didn't he, when he was asked one day, which is the greatest commandment, and he said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, with all thy mind. It's given in several different ways. It's an explanation of the first commandment when God says, No other gods before me. If there is ever a time, and you and I ought to say, it shall be a surrender of my entire being, my body and soul and my strength to his will, it ought to be because God would have you and me know on this Sunday that he is the Lord of this nation. He is the one that holds in his hand its destiny. He is the one who has the final word. 
God and God alone controls this nation that you and I love. When we have surrendered to him, then there can come this peace that God will have mercy on this nation because there are righteous people in it. No, I've always loved that story about the city of Sodom. Remember when God came to Abraham and God told Abraham that he's going to destroy the city of Sodom? And Abraham said to the Lord, he said, would you destroy the righteous with the wicked God? Then Abraham said to God, God, supposing there are 50 righteous people who believe in you in the city of Sodom, God, would you destroy the city when there are 50 righteous? And God, remember, said to Abraham, he said, Abraham, if there are 50 righteous people in Sodom, I won't destroy that city. Then Abraham came back with God, supposing it's only lacking five, supposing there's only 45. Uh, would you save the city if there's 45? He was pleading for the city of Sodom, that wicked city. And God said, Abraham, if there are only 45, if there are that many, I'll save the city. And then Abraham Abraham said, excuse me, God, I'm coming back again. Suppose it's only 40. Will you save the city if there are 40 righteous? And God said, I'll save it. And then Abraham looked at God again. He said, I'm coming back again. If there's only 30, will you save the city? And God said, yes. And he said, suppose there's only 20. If there are 20 righteous who still believe, will you save Sodom? And God said, yes, Abraham. And then Abraham said, oh, don't get angry. I'm coming back once more, God. Supposing there are 10 righteous in Sodom, that wicked city, Will you save it? And God said, Abraham, if there are ten righteous people in Sodom, I'll save the city. And God destroyed Sodom because there were not ten righteous people. How many of us realize today that one of the grandest comforts we have is this, when we realize that our God is the Lord of this nation that we love, and God has given us evidence that he has the power to hold us and to keep this nation, that God takes into consideration that there are those who are still standing for Jesus Christ and who are surrendered to his will. That's one of the great securities of this country that you and I love. You'll never forget it. That, oh, God, have mercy. There are still those who love you with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their mind. Americans and as Christians in this hour, do you know what it means to love God with all your being? That's the answer when we say to ourselves in this world that is in upheaval, what again shall we say as we do honor to the memory of those in our military who have fought and who have died for this country? Shall we say that they have died in vain? Moses says, as he said to the children of Israel, when you get ready to cross the Jordan and you establish a nation, write this on your heart and don't you ever forget it. Hear, O oh Lord, our God is one Lord. Remember that God is the one and the only Lord of your nation. God is the one and the only Lord of this nation that you and I love. And he's given us evidence in the second place. This is the evidence if you and I want to see it. We have the evidence that he's big enough to be the Lord of this nation that you and I love because he's given us the evidence that he controls history. There are those who can't see God's hand in history, yet when you and I turn to the word of God, we can see God's hand in every step in history. When you go back to the Garden of Eden, when man sinned and God promised that from Eve there would come the seed of the woman, the Christ, who would be the savior of the world. And then Eve and Adam, they had Cain and Abel, and again, the seed of the woman was to come from Abel, and Cain killed Abel, didn't he? God intervened. He controlled history. He raised up another son, Seth. When it came to the time of the flood and God decided that he was going to destroy the human race, God intervened and God saved Noah and his wife and Noah's three sons and their wives, eight of them. 
God controlled history, and from Noah came Abraham. And Abraham then finally landed in the land of Canaan. He was to be the father of a nation, and it wasn't built in his time, but finally they came down into Egypt, down there for 430 years. And they grew as a nation in slavery. They were slaves of the worst kind under the Egyptians, and God intervened, and it was Moses that led them out of the land of Egypt. They came to the Red Sea, and the waters parted, and there came freedom for this nation, this nation under the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And then God kept this nation alive, and from that nation, when the fullness of time was come, there came God's Son, born of the Virgin Mary, God intervening in history. And God's Son came into the world because God controls history, and he went to Calvary's cross, and he died for the sins of the world. And therefore today, when you and I say to ourselves, to give you honor and respect to our soldier dead, we ought to remember that God is the Lord of this nation. He is big enough. Why? He intervenes in history, and God through history has provided a more glorious blessing than any blessing that could come to any nation under heaven. That is forgiveness, eternal life, and everlasting salvation in Jesus Christ. You and I know God's big enough. When we say to ourselves, God reminds us that he is the Lord of this nation. God says, don't forget I'm running this show. Don't forget that I hold the destiny of your nation in my hand, I and only I. It is exclusively my prerogative. If I decide that your nation shall live, it will live. And if I decide that it shall cease to exist, it will cease to exist. I am the Lord of your nation. And when God controlled human history, and God in controlling it has given you and me in Christ Jesus life and eternal salvation, we can trust that God. And as Christians and Americans, we can say, our country is in good hands when we realize that our God is the Lord of this great country in which you and I live. He is the one who has the last word, and if we believe that today, as Americans and Christians, then as Moses told the children of Israel, we would write this in the hearts of our children. Know what he says about the children. And he says again, have this in your hearts, and he says, and teach this to your children. Tell your children that again, the Lord God is no less than the Lord of the nation. He is the Lord of the nation, and you tell your children that that nation shall live and die only again as God wills it, and that if God wants it to live, it will. Tell your children about this God. How many of you parents today in the light of Vietnam can say to yourselves, thank God I took the time to tell my boy and my girl about Jesus Christ and about God. Moses says, tell it to them in the house and when you're walking on the street, keep drumming it and drilling it into them and let it be the last thing before you go to bed and the first thing in the morning. And he says, let it be as frontlets on your arm and on your eyes and put it on the doorpost and put it on your gate and drill it and drill it and drill it and drill it and let them know something about God and in the light of the New Testament about Jesus Christ. Does it mean anything? To know that this God who has provided Jesus Christ 
is the one that your son or your daughter, especially if they're in Vietnam, know. You know, it's a peculiar thing with Vietnam, isn't it? Did you ever hear such discussion and such different points of view as regards Vietnam and whether we ought to be there, whether we should not be there, and what about this thing? Let's realize this. There is a religious angle to this war. We are up against godlessness. We are up against communism, and communism was spawned in hell. Don't forget that. Communism had its origin in hell because it's against God. It is against deity. It is against every decent thing in all the world. It would dethrone God. And our nation has decided that so that we may have the freedom in our country of knowing that God is the Lord of this nation. We have sons and daughters suffering and dying in Vietnam. Are we selling them short? Are we ready, therefore, as we pay tribute to those who have lived and died for this country, to realize that this is something that must be preserved, that we as Americans and as Christians, we want this privilege of knowing that the Lord God, He is the God of this nation, and we want our children to know it. Then the question, getting it over with, how about the atomic bomb? Should the bomb be used or should it not be used? You may wonder, you've asked me, how do I feel about it, and I'm going to tell you. I feel this, that President Johnson is a Christian man. I know that Harry Truman is a Christian man. You know and I know that Harry Truman, as former president, was the man who will go down in history as having given the orders that dropped the first atomic bomb on Hiroshima. That man has had to live with himself. You and I know General Eisenhower is a Christian man. Do you mean to tell me these three men Johnson and Eisenhower and Truman have not been on their knees at the throne of grace asking the Lord of this nation what is his will with regard to an atomic bomb. Wouldn't you be there too? And what must be the answer? The answer must be this, that those three Christian men have come to the conclusion so far that it's not the will of the Lord of this nation that it be used now. And I respect them for it. I don't know those men in authority who know something about it have decreed that the risk must be too great, that the dangers must be too intense. I, for as a Christian and as a citizen, Realizing that those are Christian men, they've been on their knees. If it's their absolute conviction that it's not God's will now, I for one am willing to accept it as a Christian and as an American. And I love this nation intensely. This is the Sunday before Memorial Day. And as we give our homage and our respect and we thank God for our soldier dead, those who fought and who died for this country, 
We say to ourselves, what does God say to us today? God says, hear, O Israel, hear, America, the Lord your God is one Lord. He's the one and only Lord of your nation. He is the one who has the final word as to whether your nation lives or dies, whether it survives or whether it ceases to exist. And our God has given you and me the evidence that he is big enough to be the Lord of this nation. He is no less than God. He controls history and also I see evidence of his greatness in the fact that he controls the church. Isn't it a thrilling thing to know the church started on Pentecost and 3,000 souls, think of it, 3,000 in all the world embracing Jesus Christ and how the church of Jesus Christ has gone on and has grown and it's still growing today and the word of God never comes back void and men accept him and the gates of hell do not prevail against it and in spite of dungeon fire and sword the message of Jesus Christ goes out and men bow the knee and the kingdom of God grows Listen. That God who sees that his kingdom grows, that it is never annihilated, that the gospel comes to live in human hearts, that God is big enough to be the Lord of this nation that I love, to be the one, therefore, that I know that he's big enough, that if he decides that this nation shall live, that it's going to live, that if he must decide and will that it shall perish, again it will perish. He has the final word. God is the Lord, don't forget it, and therefore he's big enough because when he comes again, it's going to be quite a sight. When he comes at the last day, don't you realize that, again, Paul says, and when he comes that every knee shall bow. Do you realize what that means? Every knee of every nation, every knee shall bow, things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, shall confess the Lordship of Jesus on the last day. Everyone will recognize God as the Lord of all nations. That's the Christian assurance. The living God will come again to the person of his son, Jesus Christ. Therefore, on this Sunday, when we as Americans, we pause, we remember Memorial Day. And we say, our sons and our daughters, they bled and they suffered and they died for the land that they loved. But we ought to realize and write it on to our souls that God is the one and the only Lord of this nation. He is the final word as to whether this nation shall live or die. When you and I believe that, then we're going to pray to him less in prosperity. We should forget this thing. Moses warned them and he says, remember when you get into the land, you're going to occupy houses that you didn't build. You're going to have olive trees that you didn't plant, and it's going to be a land flowing with milk and honey, and you didn't do anything for it, and you're going to enjoy prosperity and the blessings of God. Will you watch out, he says, Israel, that you don't forget the Lord your God? But you know, Israel forgot the Lord its God in the days of prosperity, and this Lord, who was the Lord of that nation three times, destroyed it. The first time in 722 B.C., when Shalmaneser came from Assyria and destroyed the northern kingdom and carried the ten tribes of Israel into captivity, they have been wiped off of the face of the earth that there is no remnant of the ten tribes of Israel. God destroyed it and wiped it off the earth. In the year 586 B.C., Nebuchadnezzar came from Babylon 
and destroyed the beautiful temple of Solomon and carried the people into Babylon into captivity. And they were there for 70 years. God destroyed the southern kingdom because Israel forgot its Lord. And in the year 70 A.D., there came again, there came Alexander and there came the Roman. And when he came to destroy the very kingdom of Judah in the year 70, he destroyed it that not one stone was left upon another. He destroyed it, yes, so completely, surrounded the city of Jerusalem, cut off its water supply, destroyed its temple that they ate their children. They killed their babes and ate them and they drank their urine. And in the year 70, Titus and Vespasian destroyed it that it looked like it had never been a city. And today, I've been in that very locale that you're reading about. Today, Israel in Egypt, arch enemies, hatred that is intense, and with the Jordanian kingdom, with Nasser and the Jordanese, the Arabs who detest them, here we stand again, and we wonder what's going to happen this time. But a greater question, what about America that you and I love? The land that you and I love because it has given us birth. The land that we love intensely. Hear, O America, the Lord our God is the one and the only Lord. Are you and I forgetting? Is there a time when we ought to say to ourselves, the important thing is this, that we must elevate God and we must declare Jesus Christ with an intensity that we have never done before because God is the Lord. If this God determines that America shall fall, it's going down. If this God determines that America shall stand, it's going to stand. God of our fathers, known of old, Lord of our far-flung battle line, Beneath whose awful hand we hold dominion over palm and pine. Lord God of hosts, be with us yet, lest we forget, lest we forget. Oh God, don't let us forget. Amen. The peace of God, which passeth all human understanding, keep and unite your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.